guess what just happened? My, the cleaner of my building where I live just scared the absolute shit out of me. And he was so stoked with himself. (laughs) I went to get my copy and I had to drop my bank card to Emily. And uh, he was parking my car and he must have seen me like parking into my car park. And he's always cleaning the windows and the glass and the foyer and shit like that and he must have been cleaning this one door near where my park is because he's like hidden behind the thing and I obviously didn't see (laughs) and I like reversed into my park and I'm kind of on the end so I'm like next to this like Besser block wall and I'm just with my coffee nearly launched the coffee like I screamed so loud and I was like jumped like onto my car and I nearly launched my <laughs> coffee like across the car park and he was wetting himself like he's this little Indian cute man I was literally picturing this little cute old man yeah and he was so laughing like I've never heard him laugh because we talk and stuff but like he laughed so loud like he was so happy with himself That's so um funny. and I'm like well I guess I'm awake <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was fucking. Is that the same guy that invited you to India? Yeah. So this building cleaner the other week actually randomly said to me, would you like to come to India with me later in the year? <laughs> I can't remember how it even came up in a convo because I only speak to him for like 10 seconds when I'm walking through the foyer and he's cleaning. No, it's a full thing. It's a thing. <laughs> I used to work with my, my manager at Domino's used to be Indian and he like literally did the same thing, but he wasn't, it was full serious. Yeah, he was dead serious. Like, as in, I'd be just be his wife. Like, and that then, was that was the proposal. Oh, so mine wasn't to be his wife. It was literally just he just wanted me to experience India. Oh, well, he didn't ask me to be his wife, but I just assumed. Like, you're just become part of, like, oh a God. relationship. That's the assumption I made. Maybe I'm fully misreading Assuming, that. Yeah. Not everyone wants to be your fucking husband. <laughs> Um, no, but the fucking guy that I was talking about, cause we were talking about this, I don't know, two weeks ago, literally that weekend I saw him. So as a backstory. That's so fucking random. Yeah. Like I used to work with him in Kenmore in Brisbane yeah, and I, I saw him say. working at the cafe we went to in Sunshine Coast. What? Like I literally have not seen this guy for like 10 years. That's serendipitous. And I think he's your soulmate. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Nick. Oh, fucking anyway, hell. so. If you see me in India in the future, <laughs> that's my new life now. At least he's got a good sense of humour. Like the whole scaring me thing like that. Yeah, that's that's my good. MO. Like I love to do that and I have no one to do that to now. <laughs> Literally. So I can just picture this little Indian man jumping out. <laughs> that, like and he's tiny. He's like and he had his little like tucks. Welcome to another episode of Talk Toby to Me. I'm Jess. And I'm Meg, and we're two sisters that love to talk all things business, mindset, self-development, and everything in between. This is normally part of our weekly phone catch-ups, but hot girls don't gatekeep, so we've decided to bring our combos to you. Hey, sissy bae. Hey, boo. Do you want to kick us off with how the week's been? Um, So actually on Tuesday night, our beautiful Nan, who you guys may or may not have already heard about, she's actually been on the podcast before, she passed away on Tuesday night, like in the middle of the night. From what we know, she slipped away kind of peacefully and our dad kind of let us know first thing Wednesday morning. 
on the weekend, Dad had messaged us saying that she was deteriorating quite quickly um, and that they were going to head up, like the family in Queensland was going to head to see her like pretty much the following day. And I had kind of quickly looked at flights and things like that and was trying to make a plan about how I would get up there and when I would go. And Dad was kind of like, I said to Dad, like, should I come up right now or like tomorrow or whatever? Because for anyone to give you guys a bit of context, we've kind of had this happen like several times in our family with like people, family members passing. And for anyone else who's gone through it, you'd understand it's always one of those things where you never know how it's going to pan out. They could pass very quickly or they could hang on for a couple more weeks and then you think they're going to pass in a couple of weeks and then they hang on for a couple more weeks, a couple more weeks. And it's kind of like this touch and go kind of time. And obviously like I'm interstate and I've got like my business and etc. I was trying to make a decision about what the right thing to do was. Keeping in mind, I had seen Nanny when I was in Gold Coast with Meg and I had that nice memory. Well, I wouldn't say nice, but like she was able to somewhat interact back with us. And whilst she looked awful because she had had the stroke and fallen and was covered in bruises down one side of her body, um, she could still squeeze our hand and like conversation with us so whereas now when we spoke to her on the weekend which we'll get into she was not that way at all she had definitely deteriorated and couldn't communicate whatsoever so I actually made the decision not to come up because I wanted to have like all the memories that I have of her previously and I had kind of said my goodbyes when I was on the Gold Coast and so the rest of the family was there on the Sunday was it the Sunday Meg? Yeah. Yeah, and, like, everyone FaceTimed me and we kind of did it that way and then she slipped away on the Tuesday night, kind of in the middle of the night. So that day, Wednesday for me, I'd also had, like, a really shocking sleep that Tuesday night, which was kind of random and weird when I woke up to that message from Dad. And I honestly felt, like, on Wednesday, like, I just felt so fucked. Like, obviously, Nan had passed and then I had to go to work and I just felt really like I hadn't slept kind of thing, even though I had slept, it was weird. So I've had a week of like, obviously that's happened in our family. And then like, I can feel a burnout kind of coming on. Like I felt like that was what was happening the past few weeks. And that's a mixture of basically normally I work three days a week in the salon. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I treat clients and that includes my training with students. So if I'm training students, it's on those days as well. And I'm not treating clients. So normally I only am in salon, like on the tools or training three days a week. And then I've got the other days if I want or need to do business development or admin. So then I still get a weekend but lately like I've been training Emily and Lauren on my other days and then doing lots of business development content creating like obviously we do the podcast on Fridays and I just hadn't been sleeping that well and I just feel like I could feel burnout coming on so I kind of was starting to make the decision the last couple of weeks of like rectifying that because if you've been through burnout before you don't want to get to that point again and so I'm grateful that I'm able to kind of make that observation in how I'm feeling and what's going on in my business. And so this was the last week where I had to work a day that I wouldn't normally work. So from next week, I'm back to my three-day weeks and um, that gives me a lot more space to A, decompress, look after myself, focus on 
my health and also do the business development without feeling like I'm kind of drowning. So that's how I've been feeling and that's how the week's gone. And I'm really looking forward to like this weekend. I've purposely made zero plans except for like I might see a friend for brekkie or whatever. Um, I feel like really proud hearing you talk about the fact that you were able to recognize that come on, especially mm. from like, say, I don't know, a year ago or mm. However long. I agree. That's huge progress. Mm. And I feel like I'm really also grateful that I've built my business to be able to make the changes. Like, yeah, I think it's so important to be able to, yeah, be able to acknowledge that and then be able to, like, I've got a lot of things already in place to ensure that I can do those three days and the cogs keep turning. So, yeah. And then, Nanny didn't want a funeral. So, I actually thought I'd have to kind of come up next week because. I feel like funerals are normally pretty soon after I just pass. side note thought that was weird. Well, I really? thought that until he said what's actually happening, which is like the kind of celebration slash wait kind of scenario at the theatre, which is on brand. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I yeah, did true. think that because she's a very, very sociable person and very, like she's had this amazing life, which is why, yes, I'm so obviously we're so sad that she's passed and we won't get to speak to her again. And she was like the glue of the family. But I think that she did live such a fucking epic life and it was her time and she's now with our grandfather. But yeah, I did. Yeah, it was a bit strange, but I know also like, you know, how you and I have talked about like a lot of her or what Nick said to you in her in his message about it when she passed, like a lot of her friends have passed already. Yeah. So, and obviously everyone's interstate. Like she's got people in Sunshine Coast, people in Brisbane, people in Melbourne. So basically for the listeners, she's been cremated and then we will be doing kind of like a celebration of her life at this theatre she used to be involved with. So that is very on brand for Nan. Yeah. (laughs) How was your week apart from all of that? Yeah. Oh, that's actually another thing I wanted to say. When I was um getting ready this morning, I was reflecting on what we were just talking about with the burnout and how I'm glad that I can acknowledge it and then make changes before mm-hmm. it becomes a thing. And I was thinking there's nothing that bothers me more than when people are complaining about something because you can either accept that you can't change it and adapt or make changes. Mm. So like, why are you complaining about it? Obviously there's a time and a place, but like extensively complaining about something that you A, can't change or B, can change just doesn't make sense to me. Oh. I had the best fucking call with a new business coaching client in the past week. And she was literally saying how, because she used to coach with me for, you know, training and nutrition. And now she's doing some business coaching with me for her own PT and online coaching business. And in a nutshell, she was saying that the biggest thing that she learned through coaching with me is now there's no bad days. There's just bad things that happen in good days. And she was talking about how everything that happens now is either an opportunity for her to, you know, grow or learn from or like the first thing that she thinks now is, okay, well, this is, you know, a redirection or like, what can I do with this? And it's like mm-hmm. a very constructive mindset. That and is just, so us at our core. Yeah. I literally like this woman is so fucking inspirational. I had like, we just had the best conversation because when she first came to me, she was like, like she's been through everything you can possibly imagine. Like she was homeless. She was morbidly obese 
And now, like, she, the just her whole persona on the call was just so fucking inspiring because she was like, I said that to her and she said, Meg, I'm literally a different fucking person now. She was like, I, I don't even know. She said that person creeps up occasionally, but I just like put her back in her place. And she was oh. saying how she just, yeah, is a completely different person. And that's amazing. Yeah, I just love that because that's exactly what you were saying about people are either the victim or they accept it for what it is and either mm. let it be or they adapt. And mm. um, So I had that this Saturday before I went to the Sunshine Coast to see Nanny. Nick and I actually went to Brisbane to have a sleepover with two of our best friends. They have two little girls. It was just the most wholesome night. Like it just literally filled up my cup because I've had a crazy few weeks and they, because they, they've just built this new house and it's in, on the most beautiful piece of land. And we had a fire and roasted marshmallows with the little girls. And oh my God, I literally was watching your stories like this is warming my heart and I'm not even there. Yeah. And they, this couple are just the most beautiful couple that we know. Like they're just so down to earth. And yeah, they made us ramen, which we, we've never had ramen before. Everyone was literally like dying that we'd never tried ramen before. And they made us espresso martini. Like it was just really thought out as well. I was like they're just, just gonna so say thoughtful. That. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say that because, like, from obviously me knowing that you haven't tried ramen before and then espresso martinis are your favourite drink. Like, yeah. that's so thoughtful that they, I mean, they totally don't fucking go together, by the way. Yeah. But, like, yeah, it was so nice to watch. Really grateful. And then we played this hectic card game. I can't remember what it was called, but we literally played it for hours. And, yeah, it was just the most amazing day slash night. Um, And then, obviously, I went to see Nanny on the Sunday and Nick came, which I was really grateful for because it's, like, six hours in the car because we'd been in Brisbane and then had to drive Sunshine Coast and back to the Gold Coast. Um, oh, oh my God, this fucking thing. On the Saturday morning before we went to Brisbane, Nick and I went to watch the sunrise at Burley. There was two girls on a picnic rug having a charcuterie board at 6.30 in the morning. I'm shocked, but I'm also like, that's a fucking mood. They had a champagne and a charcuterie board and I literally walked over to them and I said, I don't know what, what did I say? What you're celebrating? Yeah. I was like, I don't know what this, like what's happening, but I'm fucking here for it. <laughs> I fucking love that. Nick was like laughing at me because I just could not get over it. I was like, I've never seen that before. That's wild. Cheese at sunrise is a bit strange, but I'm so here for the, they're just celebrating life. It looked like, I mean, it sounds like. Yeah, and they didn't even say because, like, I had a quick chat to them and they didn't even say it was for anything. And I was like, I'm living for this. She offered me a glass of champagne. I was like, I'm about to go to the gym. (laughs) (laughs) That's really on brand for me. Like, when you go to the Virgin Lounge and they're like, the bar's not open yet. And I'm like, No, but that's like a world, like, that's normal to drink at any hour at the airport. Like, true, I feel like that's true. a normal thing, yes. whereas, like, a charcuterie board on the beach <laughs> at fucking 6.30 a.m. was just odd. But anyway, I was living for it. And then I actually had just business as usual for the rest of this week, but Lauren had client check-in call. So we always make the first check-in um, with new clients a call just to make sure they're super, you know, confident with it, with everything. And then they can choose to continue doing calls after or they can fill out the documented questions and get a response via the app messenger. And yeah, she killed it. It was really good. And I feel like one of the reasons why my coaching is very impactful is because of my ability to really hear what the clients are saying and prompt them in a way to actually uncover like the 
the deep-rooted issues. And even if it's nothing crazy, like just anything that they're not adhering to, it's being able to really uncover the true reason why they're not able to adhere to it. So Mm. it could be something as simple as like, not getting their training sessions done. But a lot of people initially will go, oh, I've just been lazy or I just, you know, I'm not disciplined enough. But it's like being able to really un the real reason. And I feel like it was really good for Lauren to see that as well in real time because we did the call together. And I said to her before, before it that like I wanted her to lead we had a meeting before it and went through the different things that we were going to talk about with this particular client based on their last two weeks. I kind of just chimed in when that when there were certain things that I felt like needed to be added or whatever. And yeah, I, th- I felt like it was really good for Lauren to be able to see that in real time. Mm. So that was my week. Oh, that also reminds me on that note. I read this really, really good book this week. Like it, I read it in like two nights. It is quite a small book. I'm a very fast reader, but it is quite a small book and it was really easy to read. So I highly recommend it to anyone. I didn't think I was going to like it. It's called Unfuck Yourself. And I honestly, it was just on my to be read list that I have like notes in my phone. And when I went to the bookshop last, they didn't have heaps of the main ones that I wanted. So I kind of just bought whatever was on my list that was in stock. And it was one of them. Or it might not have even been on my list. It might have just been in with all the stuff that I was like in the area that I like the self-development section that I was kind of purchasing from and I thought oh this is a looks like a quick easy read and I did not think I'd resonate so hard with it but it was so it just hit like the points was it was straight to the point and it just was really easy to relate to but also was like a kick up the bum in a way Mm. so I didn't even realize I was fucking myself (laughs) you know what I mean like it was just, I think it was a really great book. And I, I, when I was sending bits to you and you were like, oh, should I read it? And I was like, honestly, I definitely would because it's just something quick and easy you can get through. Mm. And I think it's, it wasn't like, oh my God, this groundbreaking stuff, but it was in a way, but it was in a really easy to implement or really easy, really easy to integrate mm. because really like small tweaks to my thinking. Mm. even this one random bit at the beginning of the book was I can't remember if it said specifically about putting washing away or if it was like um it gives lots of examples of things in the book I I think it was referring to like procrastinating little things and you you make it this big thing in your head like having to wash the dishes or whatever and it's like literally a job that's going to take you less than five minutes like and you make it this big thing in your head and I was relating it to like putting the washing away because I'll like put that off till the cows come home because I've got more important shit to do and I'd rather do business or whatever than put the washing away or go to the gym or whatever that's on my hate list yeah fully same washing (laughs) but I but then now just from reading this book I'm like I'm just gonna fucking put the washing away it'll take me five minutes like it's it was just really easy to integrate what it was saying so highly recommend unfuck yourself by Gary someone um and yeah it was a really good book I don't know if it's from that book because I haven't read that that's literally been my library for like over a year and I haven't read it but I remember hearing somewhere or someone talking about if something's going to take you less than five minutes to just do it straight away. And that was a piece of advice that was a game changer for me to not have a to-do list Mm. that was 300 things long. Yeah. And also, yeah, fuck yeah. And then also um, one of my girlfriends who used to be my social media manager, and that's how I met her, um, she posted this really good, it was her birthday recently, and she posted this really good like notes 
like birthday lessons and it was in her notes and she posted it on a story. And one of them was, you're not running out of time, stop rushing. I always feel like I'm in a rush to go to do, to go to, to get to work, to like do all these things. Oh, and I yeah. was like, bro, I've actually got time to fucking put the washing away. You know what I mean? Just as a random small example. It was just kind of one of those things that just added to me integrating yeah, I love that. a few changes in my thought patterns. Mm. And it's just been, yeah, really small tweaks. Yeah. To my thought patterns, beliefs, and how I act and behave. The topic of washing, something that also helped me was romanticizing those things. So, like washing, mm. um, cleaning, cooking, yeah. like put a podcast on, put some music on, like make it a thing. Well, that's what I mean by the the bit in this post that was like, you're not running out of time. Yeah. It, it was, I don't know how it was worded, but it was like, you're not running out of time, stop rushing. Yeah. Something like that. But the way, yeah, it was fully like that. Cause I was like, why do I feel like I need to do all these things in a real quick rush and run out the door? Mm, I was like, I, no, I can just therapeutically like put some country on, put the washing away, sing to myself. And it'll yeah. still only take me five minutes. Yeah. And I was like, nothing in my day changes except yeah. the washing's put away. Yeah. So but- read that book and yeah. Speaking anyway. of changing your thoughts and beliefs. Wow, that was a great that was segue? a great segue. Yeah. We didn't even plan that. Yeah, wow. Love that. <laughs> we are gonna talk about today how to break down your limiting beliefs. Or and even prior to that, acknowledging what they are. Well that identifying. Is the, that identifying is the first what step. they are. Yeah. So there's six steps to breaking down your limiting beliefs. Step one is to identify it, which I think is huge because that's a lot of people can't even break down their limiting beliefs because they they can't even see that they are limiting beliefs. I think we should explain what a limiting belief is because... So there's generally two different types and they'll usually start with I'm not or I can't or I don't or I'll never. So examples would be like... I'm not smart enough. Yeah, I'm not strong enough. I'll never be able to do X. Yeah. There's generally two different types. There's the limiting beliefs about yourself that make you feel like you can't do something because something is wrong with you. And then there's the other type of limiting belief where you have this idea about like, this is just how the world works. Mm. So like societal norms and stuff like that. And, you know, what popped into my head then was, like, things like money is hard to come by or you have to work hard to hard. make money yes. or um, money makes you greedy. Things that, because of your experiences and the people you've surrounded yourself with or grown up with or, like, it's almost their own beliefs you've learned. A hundred percent. Some other good examples are things like I'm too old to do x i'm not smart enough i don't have enough experience that's a good one i don't have enough experience to be good at blah yeah um but yeah i think identifying your own limiting beliefs is so important because you can't do anything about them if you're not aware of what they are so i think the way to do that in my opinion would be to think of where you're struggling in life and think about what you're telling yourself about those struggles Mm. so like meg said anytime that you're saying i am this or i'm this way or i can't do this or i don't have enough of this those kind of statements are your beliefs that are built around how you've been conditioned or brought up or environment and past experience past experiences yeah for sure I think an easy way to identify them as well that I just thought of would be to even like write down your biggest desires or goals because a lot of those limiting beliefs will come up 
to or why you can't achieve those things. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's just a story that you've created about how you are or how the world works, etc. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's fact. And that will obviously lead into the next point that you're going to say, Meg. But it doesn't actually necessarily mean that it's true. It's just a narrative, one story that you've created, whether that be, it's usually subconsciously. It's usually not consciously that you've chosen to create this story based on how you were brought up, the beliefs your parents had, the beliefs your friends have, the like bosses, whatever, like the way your past experiences have gone. Like if you've back on the one of um, the belief of you have to, work really hard for your money, right? Like if your parents were someone that like just slogged away to make money to give you a certain life or whatever, you're going to believe subconsciously that that's what you have to do to have any money. And then say your parents were like one of those parents that were like "Um, money doesn't grow on trees. Anytime you ask for something, you're going to think that money is hard to come by and hard to hold on to. I think remembering that limiting beliefs are like your beliefs are just one narrative that you hold and that it's not necessarily true. So step two is to ask yourself, is it actually true? So are there any solid facts or real evidence to support this belief? Are you looking at all of the facts or you're just choosing certain ones to believe? Yeah, yeah. So for example, can you find evidence yeah, of that in- not being true as well? Where Yeah, through other people or... Like, for example, I think I've, I've heard on this other podcast heaps of times that they one of their limiting beliefs was that people that have money are greedy. Yeah. But can, for in, with that example, can you find evidence to support that there's wealthy people out there that aren't greedy? Yeah. A lot of people that have wealth, for example, will use it to give back. Mm. As just one example. So also when you're trying to find this evidence, you know, from other people or whatever it is, you can think if you ask someone else about this belief, what would they say? Like would they potentially have a different opinion? Mm, Yeah, because, yeah, your beliefs are one perspective. Yeah. Not fact. I also feel like this is the step where you'll be able to notice whether you're actually ready to make a change or not because Mm. I feel like if you speak to people who hold a certain belief and you know that it's holding them back but they're not ready to change that belief, you'll notice in this step. Like they're not going to, they're going to do everything in their power to try and, yeah, yes, 100%, to try and support their evidence. Mm. So step three is to explore the source of it. Where did it come from or who did it come from? Because it's usually from past experiences or, um, you know, how the world works or whatever. And an example for that, right, is one limiting belief that I've held for a really, really long time until recently. I have poor mental health right? And I've always thought the way our mother was, I'm like her and I'm forever going to be like her because it's genetic. And I just, and I just had this blanket belief that I'm always going to have really, really poor mental health. I've chosen to understand that like, for example, yourself and Sam haven't suffered from the same level of mental health problems as I have in the past. So that's given me evidence to support that I actually that doesn't define who I am and that's not who I'm always going to be. And so now that I've stopped believing that, it's changed my life drastically because now I go when I'm having a bad day or whatever, I I don't think, oh, that's 
because I have bad mental health problems. I'm like, it's just a bad day. Yeah, 100%. And I think on the back of that, it's important to understand that these limiting beliefs have served you in some way. So mm-hmm. they have, they serve you for something or protect you from something. And that is called secondary gain, I believe. It'll be something that you don't want to admit has been the outcome. Yeah. A lot of the time people can, I heard this fucking really good saying that was like. Hit us with the quote, sis. <laughs> you can, people can quantify what they have to lose, but not what they have to gain. Yes. So by breaking through these limiting beliefs, it's forcing you to either grow or move into this uncomfortable stage of your life or whatever. And that's fucking uncomfortable. The way that that belief is serving you is to keep you in your comfort zone. Yeah. And I think that secondary gain, I'm trying to think of an example and I'm thinking of like, you know, those people that are really um, dramatic and they're always trying to get like attention in that regard. Yes. A hundred percent. They are, their secondary gain is they're getting attention for being a certain way. Yeah. Like hundred percent. They believe that they're a victim and this and that and the other thing, but the secondary gain they get from being a victim is they get attention from other people to validate that they're a victim. I've had conversations with the psychologist that I use within my business and she has explained in certain scenarios in the past where there'll be people that you'll be like, oh, my God, that's so fucked, like, and you make them, you give them that attention, like what you are saying before. Mm. And so she was, like, saying the way you word it, which thankfully I kind of naturally did before I spoke to her, was, like, I'm really sorry you're going through that and feeling that way and then kind of pivoted into to get you the support that you need. Mm. So a lot of potential students that will jump on a discovery call will have every reason under the sun in quotation marks excuses why they can't do a course or be the best or be better at what they do, etc. And I think there'll be things like I don't have the time, I don't have the money, um, I don't think I'm going to be good enough, like those kind of beliefs. And those beliefs are serving them in the context of they can stay in their comfort zone. Yeah. So their secondary gain by having those beliefs, which aren't fact, they're just their beliefs, their secondary gain is staying comfortable and not having to do the work. Yeah. So this is an extract from The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Beliefs only stick if they serve us in some way. Figure out how your belief is serving you and ask yourself if it's really worth it or not. Mm. So step four is asking what would your life look like without this belief? So asking yourself, what if this belief actually wasn't true? What would my life look like? Mm. And how are these beliefs impacting your quality of life or your happiness? And And how are they impacting how your life looks now? So I think a good way to also describe how your life may look like if you didn't have those beliefs is to look for evidence either via other people or whatever yes. that have the opposite belief or have the belief you're trying to replace yours yes, with that. and how their life looks. Um, so I think if you have a belief around needing to work hard for your money, I feel like that's the trending theme that we've yeah, been and also through. Yeah, and that's one that I think we've dealt with in the past ourselves 
And even sometimes when I think when we got on the podcast and we're like, oh, we've got to think of all the 10 million things we've done in the week to tell everyone. Like, but then I was actually thinking this morning, like, I don't actually have to have done a hundred new things in my business this week because that Mm. doesn't, that's not a belief that I hold anymore, that I have to be extremely busy. Yeah. And um, works incredibly hard for my money. Yeah. So it just reminds me of like, because a lot of people will say like if they're trying to catch up with me or whatever they'll be like oh yes like you let me know because I know you're really busy and I'm like no I've actually like created this My life business. to not be like that and yeah. don't get me wrong there's fucking like last week was cooked <laughs> yeah but that's like not that's not a belief that you hold anymore that was just yeah. a week like that time. was fact of like I literally was doing yeah. really fucking long days whereas it's not like I was yeah like it's not a limiting belief that's holding you back yeah so like to give people an example if you're thinking you've got to work really, really hard to make money. How would your life look if that wasn't true? I'm also trying to think of other limiting belief examples. Like um, I'm thinking kind of... I'm not good enough is a really big one. Yeah, so that's I'm like not... what I was kind of getting at with the self-confidence thing. Yeah, so like I'm not good enough to thinking about like men, partners. There'd be lots of women that you would have as clients that would think they're not good enough to meet a guy that's going to treat them right. Yeah, yes, for example. 100%. And so for so that. what would your life look like if that was not true? Well, actually, I did just recently have a client confide in me about her relationship and she kind of went through this process, I think, without realizing it because she was saying, you know, I see all these other relationships like yours and Nick's and I hear, uh, you know, my friends or or whoever it is have these relationships and it made her realize I actually could have a better relationship with this and I could be treated better than I'm being treated and all Mm -hmm. of that type of thing. So it was like she went through this process without even realising it that she was kind of at the point of my life could look completely different, like I could be in a healthy, happy, expansive relationship. Mm. And she used evidence from other relationships. relationships. And I think think actually being really clear, like being able to picture what your life would look like with the new replacement belief really helps you see that it actually could be possible. Mm. So like, do you get home from work and have this really beautiful catch up with your partner? Do you navigate conflict with ease and like good communication and respect? Do you spend quality time together on the weekend? Do you feel safe sharing anything with your partner? So really thinking about whatever the new belief is that you want to have, what does that look like for you? Or if like you're someone that thinks I'll never be <laughs> strong enough or I'm not fit enough or I'm not confident enough to go to the gym, like right. what would your life look like if you weren't, if you did not have those beliefs and you like, would you be someone that just rocked up to the gym with confidence and did your workout and didn't worry what other people were doing or looking at or thinking really picture what your life would look like. Do you like prioritize your sleep and hydrating yourself and cooking and preparing and eating those Whole, whole foods for example mm. and you can't you can't achieve that life until you can see yourself as someone who has that life mm. that's like that whole quote of i'll see it when i believe it it's like the flip like the reverse because yeah. people usually say i believe it when i see it but it's like you'll see it when you start to believe it step five is to reframe it so rewrite that original belief or that narrative in a way that counteracts it. I think if we refer to the limiting beliefs we've talked about and how we'd reframe those, people with money are greedy. 
could be reframed. So to... I actually spoke to that. I spoke to that in the last episode when I said that if you actually think about the people that have a lot of money, the way they got that amount of money is by helping others. Mm. Like they made more money by helping others because they're solving so, people's problems. So how would you reframe that as a, to a new belief? The more money I have, the more I can serve. The more I can help others. Yeah, and the more I can give. Thing I is, had this belief in the past relationships are hard. If you had a belief of like relationships are really hard, you could reframe that too. Relationships are easy because I am willing to put in the work to build strong foundations with my communication, etc. Yeah. And then that leads into the next point. Where have you got evidence from other relationships that you can communicate well and honor your boundaries and stay true to your values and all those things that create a healthy relationship mm. and show up for people how you want to show up for them and stuff like that. Yeah. Or with the example of the other limiting beliefs, where can you find evidence? So it's like more funny so evidence that it's true for you. Yeah. And how you can make it true because you need to, that's why I was saying earlier, like you need to be able to believe this new reframe. Mm. So you need to find ways that you <clears throat> so will believe it. So examples then on those three things that we've like brought up. So if you are someone that previously believed that money made you greedy and you've reframed it to having money allows me to help more people, where in your life has that been true? Yeah. So for example, what have you done in your life where money has allowed you to be, to give? Even like have you been able to like, shout a person a coffee like that's still giving yourself evidence that that's yeah. still giving yourself yeah. like it doesn't have to be these big profound yeah because more money chunks exas- of evidence it yeah exacerbates the person that you already are yeah okay I get you. so I think finding the evidence doesn't have to be these huge chunks of big evidence they can just be little bits of evidence that add up and add up to help you believe that your new belief can be true. So like when you have had more money, are there things you've been able to do that you couldn't do before for other people? And just finding these little sprinklings of evidence here and there to further support that your new belief can be true will allow you to build strength in that new belief. Or even so, like me just giving an example of you have to work hard for your money. Like last night, I'm in the car park leaving the gym and I got a notification from Shopify that someone had spent 200 bucks. So that's just like a small piece of evidence. Like passive income. Yeah, that is a small piece of evidence that I did I just, absolutely nothing in that time to make that money. I'm I did just, it ages ago and it's set up and now I just reap the benefits of that. Did you get money in a birthday card? <laughs> Literally. It's from... It's reminding me of the lottery thing I heard. Nick called me last night and said, do you want me to get your lottery ticket? I said, fucking oath I do, which in the past I've always gone, oh, they're so stupid. So I think on that last point, we encourage you to think about the new belief that you are replacing your old belief with and think about where you can find small sprinkles of evidence to prove that that new belief can be true because that's going to be what helps you cement that it actually can be true. We trust you found value in this episode. Before it was ever edited, fucking dog's breakfast. <laughs> On the next episode, we are going to share with you guys our morning and night routines. 
Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram at TalkToby2MePod and check the show notes for the anonymous Q&A form for our sissy advice segment if you want to get involved on that. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you could follow us on Spotify or Apple so that you get updated on our new episodes. It would really help us grow the podcast. Thanks for listening. Love you. Love you. Bye.